This is the Taiwanology podcast from Commonwealth Magazine, where we discuss Taiwan matters and why they matter to you. Coming to you from Taipei, the capital of the freest nation in Asia. Welcome to the Taiwanology podcast. This is your host Kuang Ying Liu from Commonwealth Magazine. Ten years ago, the streets of Hong Kong echoed with the footsteps of millions, marking the beginning of the Umbrella Movement and setting the clock in motion. In the years that followed, millions more took to the streets, rallying against the erosion of rule of law and freedom of speech. The world stood witness to the transformation of Hong Kong, forever altering its landscape. Today, we delve into what happens after that. Over the past four years. Over two hundred thousand Hong Kong people have left, dispersing across the UK, Canada, the US, and other nations. Notably, more than twenty thousand of them have chosen Taiwan as their current sanctuary. In this conversation, presented in collaboration with Taiwan Plus, we talk with two individuals who were part of this exodus. Joining us are Casey Wong, a visual artist who identifies as a counterterrorist in self-exile. And Shirley Leung, a former Apple Daily reporter who founded Photon Media in Taiwan early 2023, one of the burgeoning global Hong Kong diaspora media outlets. We also had David Gao, the producer at Taiwan Plus, to share the inspiration behind this documentary series. While the sound quality may not be flawless, it captures our raw emotions during these discussions. Now, here's our conversation. I would like to thank you, everyone, for coming tonight for this special event. My name is Guangying Liu, Liu Guangying from Commonwealth Magazine, and tonight's special event also doubles as a live、um, uh, broadcast episode for the Taiwanology podcast, which is on、uh, the Commonwealth Magazine platform. So, thank you all for joining us today, and. Yes, tonight we have a a full house at the Nowhere Bookstore, Feidi Shu Dian. I guess I would say、um, one thing about this bookstore. I'm really、uh, really happy to be here, surrounded by、um, all the great books. And Casey here said something really interesting. He said that、um, these books、um, are now all supposed to be burned in in Hong Kong. They're Uh, if not burned, at least banned. So again, we're in an, an era where books are being burned. I I don't remember who said that, but、um, they say that a society that starts burning books ends up burning people, and that's what happens. Yeah, with time. So、um, first of all, I would like to thank David and Taiwan Plus for putting this together. So tonight's a special screening and discussion event for the Taiwan Plus series. After that, they have just premiered their、uh, second series of After That.、Uh, I think that they started、um, earlier this year, and they have interviewed about six people,、yeah. six Hong Kongers who have been living in in Taiwan for some time.、Mm-hmm. So、um, this special moment, this moment is special because. Uh, we are continuing to witness、um, the change of Hong Kong, and next year, twenty twenty four. Well, actually, maybe when this podcast episode airs, it'll be this year, twenty twenty four. Will mark 
10 years of the umbrella movement. That's the beginning of the pro-democracy movement. And also the beginning of the end of the Hong Kong as we know it. And so I think we could all um, witness that. And this is a very special and an important moment. So I just wanted to uh, use this opportunity to say, um, well, a lot has happened. And I'm glad we're here in Taipei having this discussion. I think that really means a lot. So first of all, let me give a brief introduction of our distinguished guests today. Um, so first of all, I would like to introduce Casey Wong, Huang Guocai. So Casey is a contemporary visual artist and activist. And I really like how you um, defined yourself a counter-terrorist. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> and he's also known as a guy who has many hats. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. So um, on his Instagram profile, he described himself as now in self-imposed exile in Taiwan. He has been here since 2021. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he lives in Taichung, so he comes from, from Taichung today. Thank you for coming to Taipei. And our next guest is Shirley Leung. Yep. Liang Jiali. She used to be a reporter for Apple Daily, covering Hong Kong news, writing feature stories. <clears throat> she relocated to Taiwan early this year, uh, which is 2023. And it's also the same year when she started uh, the online media platform called Photon Media, Guang Chuanmei. It's an online media platform dedicated to covering the Hong Kong beat. It's one of the many diaspora um, Hong Kong media outlets online. And last but not least, David Gao, Gao Wei Hao. Hi, hello. <laughs> yeah, so he's a longtime friend of mine, producer right. of Taiwan Plus. In the past two years, he has produced more than 20 original shows and documentaries. How do you do that? Uh, try my best. <laughs> uh, including um, Innovative Minds with Audrey Tang, Road to Legacy, and Our Ocean, which I had the pleasure to be a part of. Yes. Right. So, um, yeah. So, first of all, I guess we should go back to uh, where it all started. So, my first question is for for David. Mm-hmm. Why did you uh, decide to make such a show, and how did it all start for you? Yeah. Um, so, thank you, Guangying. Uh, so, it's very happy to be here, and you know, have this uh, opportunity to share uh, this video and also um, the discussion with you. Okay, the very reason why I want to develop this is, is a long time wish that I want to develop this is after a lot of things that happened in Hong Kong. And the reason why is because I had a bunch of, uh, have a group of uh, Hong Kong friends, uh, especially they, they used to work in legislative uh, council at the time. Uh, so I think I remember like I visited them in 2014, February the time when nothing had happened yet. So my friend, who his name is Ben. Mm-hmm. So Ben worked for Liang Jiajie. I'm not sure if you know the, the legislative, uh, the, the counselor. One of, one the, of the lawmakers. Yeah, the lawmakers of the opposition party. And even he shared about the hope for the future, about the possibility for the general election uh, later. So it was in February of 2014, so after I came back to Taiwan in March, the sunflower movement just occurred, right? And then 
we get a lot of uh, like they text me and say, "Oh wow, it's uh, they they're very excited and they want to learn something from here." So I mean, a group of uh, very hopeful, like uh, talented young people there, kind of really long for that and the, the democracy, the freedom, and everything. So later in the later of that year, right? So the the umbrella. It happened in the same year, right? Yeah, the no. same year, and then so it's really a great turning point, and it really brought me a great, huge, like impact about. So because year by year, a lot of things has happened, and we we really witnessed the change of the Hong Kong, and I saw my friends, like left uh, their original work one by one. And so, or even the country left the country. So it's actually really a huge, yeah, impact on me. And really, so because I joined Time Plus very early, I was almost uh, one of the early mem- number, number one, one employee. Yeah. I would even say minus plus. one employee. Yeah, yeah, you can say so. So, so I also thought of like what kind of program we should develop, uh, or what's the value of Time Plus. So uh, one of the conclusions I came up with is actually we need to tell the stories that um, for the people who can say them in their home countries or in the, especially we can be that voice in the region. So I think, um, yeah, it's uh, so like early this year, there's a, it's actually a, a French uh, director, a French filmmaker, a very young, talented, uh, his name is Julian. And his uh, producer Ma Yufan, the Taiwanese, they uh, through a friend they came to us to want to pitch a proposal, a program. Uh, but it's totally not with uh, not about this. It's a they want to pitch a program about wine or <laughs> the winery <laughs> or beer and everything. So they called it Taiwan on Rocks, on the Rocks. And so are you still to... gonna make that show, please? <laughs> it's on the road. Oh, it's okay. on the way. Anyway, okay, please. So. So they, they pitched this. Back then, we had a similar program developing. So I told them, um, I really had a, one idea I want to really develop. So it's actually this one. I asked them if they were, they're interested in collaborating and join uh, me to do this. And they, they were also very excited. And they, were, they were highly interested in doing this. So yeah, that's whole how it happened, how it became started. Uh, so after that, actually, the name they, uh, they created. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from the team, uh, so uh, we collaborate uh, very closely. It's uh, also unfortunate they are now in France for vacation, yeah. so they cannot jo- join us tonight. But yes, so this is how it all happened. Their spirit okay. is is with us, and I, I really think you um you mentioned something very important is that the umbrella movement and sunflower movement happened on the same year, right. and uh, I think the umbrella movement they actually were learning something from the uh, sunflower movement. So that really brought Taiwan and um, Hong Kong much closer than I would have imagined. I really also really appreciate the. The, the fact that Taiwan Plus has made the show because I think you're telling a very important story that no other media can tell. Or uh, for the Hong Kong diaspora, there, there are not many media outlets that would uh, tell their story like how you tell it. Um, so I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so I was just looking at the statistics of um, Hong Kongers who have left Hong Kong in the past three years. Uh, so according to the statistics, there are about 200,000 Hong Kong people who have left Hong Kong in the past three years after 2020. 
And how many of them end up in Taiwan? I also looked that up. So that's about 10%. A little bit more than 20,000 people ended up in Taiwan. And I don't know if they are still here or <laughs> um, people talk about a second wave of migration. Some of them have left for Canada, UK, or other countries where um, they could find um, better jobs. But sitting here today, very, very happy to have Shirley and Casey. So you are two of the 20,000 people who are living in, in Taiwan right now. So I'm going to give the mic to, um, to Casey. Can you talk about what it's like to be an, an artist in Taiwan? I think, I think my presence here fill in the, the gap that uh, Taiwan is much needed, the gap of advocacy and political arts. I mean, I've looked around here, and sometimes coming to Taiwan is kind of taking the time machine, going backward and forward at the same time, right? On one side, Taiwan is a really advanced, right? LGBTQ rights, as well as uh, semiconductor and all that, and, and all these weapons. And then, on the other hand, it's like, whoa, you know, the, the old uncle is just like pushing the trolley, collecting... Um, <laughs> cardboards and and you know and uh, the kind of city planning and all that is really a, a trip back to the 80s <laughs> uh, which uh, I actually lived and really enjoyed <laughs> you know nowadays you know the whole fashion is all the way back to the 80s like Korean influence so it's like really comfortable <laughs> for me so I think um, but uh, I, I think in terms of the interna interna internationalization and also the awareness of this geopolitical um, influence that is happening here, locally uh, is not uh, uh, very, very much aware. Um, so yeah, my presence here really, I guess, is kind of like a show and tell. You know, Why do you think that is? Well, I, think, I get yeah. this question all the time. You know, I live in Taichung, you know, the middle of Taiwan, and then the local Taiwanese people saw me. It's like they are like shocked. You know, like <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> you belongs to Taipei. <laughs> you know, so, no, I tell them no, I choose to become to come here because this is like the middle of the island. So why did you choose to live in Taichung? Why did you choose to live in Taichung? Well, uh, the funny one, the funny answer or the real answer? Both. All right. The funny first. The funny answer is uh, because the, in May 2020's, uh, 2021's um, Economist front cover reads uh, the most dangerous place on the planet Earth, and there's a map of Taiwan, and there's a crosshair. It's kind of like green radar. And right in the middle, it's like, Taizong! <laughs> like, wow, that's where I want to go. <laughs> I don't want to miss the next battle, you know? <laughs> Recently retired from the front line. All right, the, the real one is, uh, the real answer is uh, Taizong is the middle of the island. It's kind of funny when you have to plan your second life geographically. <laughs> Usually it's like decided by your parents. But, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have this second life. So I... Uh, no, I don't want to like live in Taipei and I have to like travel long uh, hours to go to Kaohsiung. So, you know, uh, yeah, and also I want to go to a place like people can't find me. <laughs> so, but at the same time, don't want to give up my luxury. So I was like watching uh, the YouTubes when I was in Hong Kong in my living room. And then I was like searching and searching. Wait a minute, there's this place called 
七七。And they have like it's up there come skyscrapers. What the hell? It's like a mini New York. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, I don't live there. There's, there's no, there's no、uh, life support there. Okay, Chichi. For those, you live in Chichi. No, I don't. <laughs> no. So for those of you who don't know, that's like a very expensive area in Taichung City. Yeah, yeah. Chichi. Chichi. So like phase number seven of、uh, the city development. That's why it's called Chichi. Yeah. Only rich people live there, or their maids. Yeah. Yeah. Or their maids. But when I when I、uh, finally arrived in Taichung and went there, I was like, wait a minute, there's no like no family marts, no Seven Eleven here. What's、yeah. going on? There's like no no local shops upstairs, and the sun in Taichung is super hot. That's why I wear hats all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, burn、yeah. quickly. So、uh, yeah, but nevertheless, I think that Taiwan's life as an artist is great. The greatest thing is actually、uh, living without fear. That's the greatest thing. Not to mention the cost of living is lower, space is bigger, and,、uh, and it's much quieter. And that's what、uh, people who went through the war really want, you know, safety and quiet, basic needs. Taichung gave that to me. So my studio right now is、uh, in Taichung, right next to the farm, Hasbar Materials, and、uh, and 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 it's great. You know, I, I enjoy that. And if if I stay in Taipei, I cannot.、Uh, Yeah. And also so noisy in Taipei. Do you, do you think so? Think it's so. true. It's so true. noisy, you know. It's like、yeah. all these motorcycles and all these people. It reminds me of Hong Kong, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, like Hong Kong in the sixties. <laughs> Sorry,、yeah. I enjoy that too.、Right? Well, yeah, I also sometimes find it noisy in 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 Taipei. So maybe I should go to to Taichung. I should relocate. For the for the weather too, the weather is much better. Yes. Right. So、um, now we're going to talk to a woman who lives in Taipei. <laughs> so、um, Shirley, I knew Shirley earlier this year.、Um, there was an event hosted by the Zhuoyue Xinwenjiang Affluent Journalist、um, Association, and so、uh, when I learned about、um, her project, the Photon Media, I really felt that、uh, it's a super brave project. Because、uh, as a reporter, also in the media business, I know how difficult it is making ends meet. And as a diaspora media outlet, I think that's even more challenging. So,、um, what's it like to live in Taiwan? Oh yes, it's dangerous and noisy, <laughs> especially in Taipei you know, with all the motorcycles, right? And I think yeah, everybody would agree with that. Would say as a pedestrian. Okay, so、um, uh, we. Like I, I came here in March and started Photo Media, and、um, we mainly reports in like Hong Kong local news. So I think it's a, it's a very um, experimental um, try. It's for me, it, it is an experiment to、um, report on Hong Kong local news without being in Hong Kong. Because as a reporter, you always want to like run to the、um, the, the premises or the, the the things happening. Like you. you Wish to be present, but now you're not in Hong Kong, but you still want to do Hong Kong news. So this is the number one challenge. And then, of course, Taipei is. I, I think,、um, as a diaspora media, Taipei is the best place to choose because、um, without time,、uh, without、um, I mean, the, the,、uh, with the same time zone,、um, Hong Kong, and that we're like use 
Chinese as well. So I think it is a good place to start this、uh, media, like diaspora media. And、um, but I think Taiwan, of course, like I agree with Casey very much, is the is a place where you can like speak freely. You can like、um, do whatever. I mean, not the whatever, but like to report as a reporter, to to as a journalist, you can report anything freely without fear, because like I'm、um, in the like after Aphrodite, like just、uh, what I've said in the video that I started working、um, as an independent journalist, and then that the last year、um, before I left Hong Kong,、um, it's like the, the 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 with like all the red lines and white terror、um, in the society, it's very difficult to、um, write good reports. So I mean, if you want to continue to work as a reporter、um, in Hong Kong, it's so difficult. And of course,、um, it's not impossible. It's still possible to do it. But can you write on like news about sanctions, or can you、um, like do like profile stories, or、um, or like、um, interview people with bounties, or like? People, organizations overseas, like doing advocacy on like freedom of Hong Kong and democracy of Hong Kong. I think it's quite impossible because you 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 might be、um, accused of like violating、um, national security law, like collusion with foreign power or sedition. So with all these red lines, I mean, it's、um, it's the only way to like. Do journalism is to be out of Hong Kong, so、um, I think. But it is a very like risky move. I mean, like to do it like outside Hong Kong and、um, without any support, because like in the past you have like big companies, big business with rich boss, but now you're you're on your own, right? So、um, it's、um, and you come to a very、um, a place where you're not familiar because like although it is. A Chinese society. It's、uh, we we all speak Chinese,、uh, yeah. But it's still like the culture and everything, how you work, how you deal with bureaucrats, or everything. It's so difficult. So it's it's so different. Not difficult, but it's different for me. It's the cultural shock. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I mean, like many like Hong Kong people would feel that if they want to stay. Start a business or work in Taipei. So it's. Sure.、Um, what's your first cultural shock when you came to Taiwan? Um, Or the mes- most memorable, most memorable thing is bank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us you, what happened at the bank. You you have to get your payroll right, and then you first of all you have to go to the bank and to like open an account, and then you have to wait for you you actually you have to like get I mean to to apply for a day off. To go to a bank to open,、um, yeah. Because in Hong Kong, it's like thirty minutes. You can like finish it in lunchtime. But now it, you need to wait for like one hour, and then you get to the teller, and then the teller would like、uh, all the procedure, and like he has to ask this because what is the gold card? What what Hong Kong people like? What what happened here? Like, do you have Jianbao, Yibao? You know all the questions. What's the the, the company that hired you? What is it? And then all the information. Okay, and then、um, you have to like、um, all the procedure for two hours, and then it's like almost there, almost there. And then a lady came in, and then said, "Hey, hello, long time no see." And then tell her, tell her like <laughs> greeting her, and then, and then like, sh- and, and then the teller had to like deal with her. 
like for another hour, an hour before, <laughs> before like like the yeah go, going back to your case and then like four hours.
Imagine me like in my living room, in、uh, thinking, "Oh, my life in Taiwan. Okay, I'm going to put up a front. I'm going to sell artwork, <laughs> and then I have like staffs like selling artworks, and and I can deal other people's art too, right? Then I don't have to make it. <laughs> then I can maybe in the back room, I will be like making art like deep inside there, little hole. I'm I'm pretty sure the business will、uh, will be very activities will be very low, you know. <laughs> And then I come out. How can I help you? <laughs> I used to imagine that my like Taiwan life, and then I was like, okay,、uh, okay, this requires this much money and this much time. What else? And then I was like, hey, wait a minute. There's a thing called employment go card. It sounds really good. It sounds like you can spend money <laughs> for free. Then、uh, I apply for that. So I'm now on the employment go card scheme in Taiwan. There's about six thousand, six five hundred of that kind of cases. Employment go card, which is great.、Mm-hmm. You don't have to invest any money, but you need to have a, a some kind of a, a recognition internationally and a degree from the universities. So you have your Nobel Prize, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, 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 the more I read, the more I got excited. It's like a doctoral degree. I was like, I got one. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I was like, you know,、uh, foreign exhibition and awards.、Yeah. I was in Venice before. I was like, shit, this thing is written for me.、Yeah. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I, I, well, of course, I'm just suppressed my excitement because I wanted to get the Hong Kong government to find out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, scream, wanted to scream too hard.、Yeah. You guys have to understand that, you know. For me, at that time, now I I tell it like a funny story, but. When I was living in my living room, you know, it's a life and death situation. Is that either you go, you're going to jail directly from the airport, or you should never come back. So it's like catch twenty two for me at that time. But it's much better than staying in Hong Kong. So a lot of other Hong Kongers, they、uh, in the process of uh, uh, kind of transferring, they、uh, couldn't wait any longer, or they run out of money, and more and more people. Their friends are like now in UK, so it's like, what am I doing here in Taiwan? And the war, actually, I think、uh, the potential uh, uh, invasion from China,、uh, I think, scares them a little bit.、Mm-hmm. You know, I'm weird. You know, I come. <laughs> that's why you're here. Yeah, that's why I'm here. So it's like, that's why I'm leaving. You say. <laughs> right. So, so I think is、uh, everybody needs、uh, a different and shall be respected. I think. Yeah, so I think all migrants face very similar situations. It's always difficult to、uh, it's difficult to leave, but even more difficult to make a living in a new place. And my my、uh, question for Shirley,、uh, we already talked about how difficult it is to make media outlet work. So how is it working for for photon media? Is there、um, a business model? How are you holding up, or are you have a new business model coming up? Not really. <laughs> yeah, it's、uh, because we're still like very small and very young, and,、um, including me. Only like four staff in Photon Media, three reporters, and one like graphic designers doing all the graphics. So、um, it's a small.、Um, I don't know how to say, but I don't know if it. I can say it if it's a, a business or it's just a a place where a few like. 
talking reporters, like coming together and doing what they want to do but cannot do now in Hong Kong. So it's just a like a little place for us to achieve what we want to do. But of course, like maybe if you're like familiar with us or if you like search on us, we're like having um crisis now. But I mean, it's a it's a continuous crisis for diaspora media as well, not for, only for us, before like others in um, the UK or in um, Australia or some other places. So in fact, like we've been like us uh, like um, launching our um, patron and subscription, but unfortunately, it's like two weeks ago the government like arrested four people. The Hong Kong government. The Hong Kong government, yeah, arrested four people for subscribing. Um, Nathan Law and Ted Hoy's um patron, um because sorry, like, uh, for those who don't know, who are these people? Uh, yeah, Nathan Law and Ted Hoy, they are like activists, like exile activists. Ted Hoy in Australia and um, Nathan Law in um the UK now and. And then they have bounties, and they they wanted, and um, they the, the, the Hong Kong wanted by the government and the Hong Kong police, because they they are accused of like violating national security law and um, and sedition yeah, um, of like uh, um, independence of Hong Kong. One so, million yeah, Hong Kong dollars bounty for her. Yeah, mm. one million Hong Kong dollars. Yeah, yeah, bounties. So like um, the four people they're arrested and um, they were uh, like. Um, Accused of like subscribing these two people's like um, patron or like the, the platform, and they were um, like because uh, the, the government said they are like helping or supporting the um, um, Hong Kong people, exile Hong Kong people outside Hong Kong to like continue doing advocacy to like asking for um, sanctions of Hong Kong government or whatever. So um, it's a, I mean, like it is, a, it is a very very um, horrifying case because like if you want to like subscribe or like um, these like diaspora people like overseas Hong Kong um, are doing um, advocacies or or media they may be arrested by the government and saying that they are um, supporting like these yeah collusion with foreign powers so it's a very difficult time for us to launch our patron at this time but still we're still doing it and um, I don't know maybe um, it's uh, because like just like what I have said at the very beginning it's an experiment we don't know if it's um, going to do um, to work out but the first one is to do um, news overseas but and then the second one would be um, is it a sustainable model for us to um, work on it. Will Hong Kong people in Hong Kong or outside Hong Kong still um, support these type of like diaspora media to continue supporting Hong Kong news? Because like uh, we met a, a lot of like Hong Kong people like coming here to like they're doing traveling or yeah. And then I ask them like, um, are you still reading Hong Kong news? And then they said, I, I don't really want to read Hong Kong news. I remember last weekend I met my friend and say, oh, do you know like Jimmy Lai's um, case is going to go on trial like 18th of like December? They said, no, we don't know. And then he said, it's not even on the news anymore. Yes, not even in the news. They had, yeah, not even in the local news or just a small box. And um, it's like, but, but for us, it's like, 
the international news, like all around the world, they're talking about it. But inside Hong Kong, they don't care. They don't want to like read Hong Kong news, and then they don't know about like these. And they don't want to because either PTSD very traumatic about the movement, or they just don't care about it. And and then maybe this the feeling is that what was the meaning of knowing it? Like I can't change anything. We can't like go to uh, demonstration rallies or like they don't even dare to. Sign petition. So, what's the point of reading Hong Kong news? So, I mean, in this time, um, it's uh, very difficult for the media. Even if you won't produce very good news, but there's no readers, right? Yeah. So, especially when you when your target audience is like Hong Kong people, right? Um, but I I think it's just like um, why this bookstore's existence is important. It's called nowhere. But I think when when Annie, the the founder of the the bookstore, she said it's nowhere, but it's also now here because Fadi Shudian, uh, it literally means exclave. It's like um, exclave of people in diaspora, Hong Kong people, Chinese people, freedom fighters who can find refuge here in in Taipei in Ximending. So it's up to you, the the audience, the listeners, the people who are watching our YouTube live, go to Patron and find Photon Media and keep diaspora uh, Hong Kong media alive. Right. So, um, what more could the Taiwanese government or the people do to make it more accommodating for the Hong Kongers who have chosen to relocate to live in Taiwan? Wow, you just asked the structural questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the people of Taiwan have already treated me so well. I love this place. This place allowed me to blend in without have to, having to prove myself again. And it's already uh, more than what I asked for. So the answer to the structural question is uh, the presidency election is coming up. So both for the candidates that uh, vanguard Taiwan's uh, Autonomy. That way, you're helping me a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do a, a second <laughs> escape. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's so strange that um, Hong Kong was my home, and then suddenly I realized I was actually operating behind enemy lines mm-hmm. at my home for ten years <laughs> without getting uh, arrested. So uh, it's such a strange thing, right? Like the activities that I'm uh, doing here in Taiwan uh, would be branded as uh, illegal activities uh, in Hong Kong. So it's so surreal, you know? This whole process of, you know, the good guy and bad guy, uh, meaningful uh, thing, humanity, advocacy for democracy and freedom, and then suddenly, like in Hong Kong, you'll be like collusion with foreign forces, and then uh, three years minimum. So I think um, sometimes I get sad, uh, especially when I first moved here. The first six months was hell. You know, I, I was here by myself uh, with just two suitcases, mm-hmm. and then I met like secret police at the airport in Hong Kong. They were like seeing me off, so that was really scary. And then find out, okay, oh, there's like blacklists going on in immigration as well as inside the airport, and the airport com- uh, the air- airline company are executing it while checking your passport and your boarding pass. And then after I arrived, I, I, uh, I, I get you know, the illusion of like opening my door and then say, what am I doing here? This is like Taiwan's Taichung. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my home. You know? Every day is like this, you know, the loop. 
this is not my home. What am I doing here? You know? Of course, I, and I thought I have no friends. Hi, <laughs> like, Jong. You know, <laughs> and then, but after a while, people start noticing me. You know, the press come knocking on my door, and uh, old contacts showed up, and then I start remembering. Oh yeah, I, I did sh uh, show it at Mocha before. You know, and I'm not as poor as I think I was. I am. So it's an illusion on your mind that is hurting your existence. Uh, living in in the free side. So I think uh, after a while, I, I know this is a mind game, and I gotta, I gotta help myself. I gotta focus on the stuff that I, I, I gain through real freedom instead of uh, thinking about the stuff I lost uh, leaving Hong Kong. And I can count it, right? So many good stuff here. Look at this uh, nice little—I want to call it library. <laughs> <laughs> Just, With beer, just, so just, even better. I pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> can I try this? <laughs> oh, I don't like it. The books you can't do that, right? Read it. It's a good beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, yeah, and and uh, I think it's easy uh, for that. And 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 to answer your previous questions regarding a lot of Hong Kong, uh, you know, I I totally understand. You know, the the longing for homes and. Also, the uh, the long arms of the suppression don't end uh, just because you you left Hong Kong physically, right? I mean, you can see a lot of Hong Konger who who reside in UK now and still cannot speak freely because they are worried that they cannot return to Hong Kong. Their family and some of their assets are still there. They are worried about that um, their asset got frozen and their family relatives got uh, purged. So real freedom is difficult nowadays globally, not only for Hong Kongers but for Ukrainians as well as for other people who are facing this kind of authoritarian government. So focus on the positive. Yeah, every day think about living without fear. That's Taiwan, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, and uh, and I can publish. Yeah, I can speak for those who cannot uh, speak out. And and yeah, little things that counts. And and. So after a while, I realized I'm I'm the lucky one. Mm. You know, I'm lucky, and I'm here in Hong Kong. The great escape, I did it. Mm. So yeah, but the first the first six months uh, was was so bad that uh, I, I I was like just uh, almost become a professional alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who was the first friend you you made in Taichung? The first the first friend. Mm, yeah. Here. <laughs> Taiwan beer. <laughs> the, 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 the dark angel in my, in my mind had a very cool voice. Uh, you don't have friends, Casey. <laughs> and I was just like, just drink up, man. <laughs> and after a while, I said, wait a minute, I have friends. I do have friends. Mm. I have you guys, and actually, a lot of friends. Like, uh, for example, my late. Uh, after two years of arriving, I did already three uh, solo art exhibitions, mm. and I'm so proud. The previous art ex exhibition was uh, kind of uh, uh, sponsored by by uh, a Taiwanese independence group. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I don't have a bottle on my head. Ex I'm trying Twitter. hard to uh, have you adopt. <laughs> Together, we get a bottle. Yeah. So, Madeline, please. Um, thank you so much for this really fascinating set of conversations. I'm curious. You talked a lot about like the physical experience of living in diaspora and living here in Taiwan, 
And I'm curious about the difference between like your physical experience and your digital experience. Whether you know we talk about Patreon quite a bit tonight um, about how you're staying connected uh, to folks um, and and sort of what it means to to build a home physically while you're probably still staying very connected digitally in other ways. That's great, 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 great questions. <laughs> yeah, actually, I I uh, um I I took the red pill. Back in 2021, when Ai Weiwei was arrested by the state, kidnapped, and then I, I realized the gate of freedom is being slammed shut. I better do something. I better do something fast. All right. So when Umbrella Movement came, I realized that I must build an archive that is digital. It's all about dissemination. That is globally. That is the A long way to save Hong Kong. So I turned my、uh, Facebook and social media into a massive、uh, intelligence gathering、uh, device. The way I did it is first、uh, because I'm a visual artist, so I don't read. Unlike <laughs>、uh, my、uh, other friends of literature, so I start adding them systematically. All right. And because by adding them, then I can like they have something like crumbs of bread like on the floor. I can pick them up, and then I get smart that way. So、uh, after a while, my 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 Facebook becomes like a massive、uh, platform of of connections、uh, within not only about artists but artist movement, but also about、uh, political movements and advocacy and all that. And after I left Hong Kong, that、uh, my social media、uh, remains that way, and of course, I systematically I、uh, purge some of them because I find out the algorithm actually works this way. So I got a software and then make sure there was no contact people like out bye bye. But I and then I, and and of course I periodically uh, uh, put stuff there. One of my favorite one is.、Uh, Violating is called violating the national security law per day. Find one file. So then I sit down and think,、mm, what can I oppose to violate the national security law today? And and of course, in the beginning,、uh, two years ago, let's say, we still have some friends from Hong Kong clicking like and, and just sharing news that、uh, they might not be able to see in Hong Kong. But now recently,、uh, it's dead quiet. But I know, I know they're watching, because、uh, because I will do this like really dangerous posting, and then I put my cat in there. <laughs> the next post is my cat. Next post is some food, and then some political shit. <laughs> you can you can see the、um, the clicks、uh, really goes up and down.、Um, so like, are they only liking the cats and the food? No, it's like an outlet. You know, it's like like five、uh, hundred likes, and then suddenly like.、Uh, Three likes, <laughs> and there's like two hundred likes, and then it's like, and and those uh, uh, two likes are the people already left. <laughs> oh, <laughs> from, they're liking from UK, so、yeah. so the it's really getting a, a a very dangerous time. So so、uh, what Shelley was talking about is、uh, structural change in terms of、um, the the lockdown of the social media. So right now at this point, Hong Kong still have to.、Uh, Freedom to move money, and the freedom to physically、uh, travel, but I'm doubting that、uh, in the coming year. I think they're probably going to pass the Article 23 next、uh, July, 
which target foreign uh, people, uh, espionage, spies, and all that. And uh, that doesn't mean the national security law will disappear. They're going to uh, have these two great weapons, a global, that is operating. So, uh, so everybody are so scared, you know. So uh, I heard that, uh, like in YouTube, for example, a lot of uh, Hong Kong political commentator who left Hong Kong opens YouTube, right? And these a lot of these people are great uh, and, and analysis and provide great analysis on the, on the internet. And ever since they arrest those four uh, people who uh, subscribe to Patreon, suddenly they drop. We're talking about 2,000 drops a day. I mean, these are all these YouTubers, and, and they're really scared. So the white terror is uh, really uh, successfully launched by Hong Kong governments. On the other hand, I think we can uh, counter that by encouraging um, creating new new platforms and and, and um, maybe through art exhibitions over overseas. And so that's why right now you're seeing a lot of people uh, leaving Hong Kong for holiday. <laughs> We're talking about over a million people left mm-hmm. Hong Kong <laughs> to seek their um, temporary freedom. In Taiwan, in Taipei especially, mm-hmm. you see a lot of Cantonese yeah, on the streets. It's, it's quite amazing. That's why I wore, I wore this, uh, this, uh, this badge uh, walking around oh, in Hong Kong, okay. you know, to, to just to show out of Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, this is a pre-Hong Kong revolution now. And in the future, I think it's going to get even more severe and will further push the uh, those uh, foreigners to, to leave Hong Kong. Yeah, because Article 23 uh, really targeted them and their organizations. So, um, yeah, surely how to build a, a new life digitally? Um, I mean, when you talk about to build life digitally in Taipei, first you have to erase your digital life in Hong Kong because like last year I left Hong Kong in August and went to the US when I arrived US I delete my Facebook account and then I open up in a new one because like um, there's so many things in Facebook from 2008 you know you've been talking about talking loudly about like politically um, about politics so it's a uh, very dangerous so um, it's a personal page. It's a personal account. I mean, not a page, a, a Facebook account. And but like um, last year, some of my private posts were like screen caps, and and then I don't know how how to say it, but like it's um, exposed to the authority and exposed to some haters. And so it's uh, I mean it's uh, so it's a lot of cyberbullying um, for the past few years because I like I have my page with my real name on it it's a public page um, so it's uh, like it's so easily targeted I mean so when we talk about how to maintain your digital life it's about erasing yourself your past um, at the same time to if you want to be safe you, you can never imagine it like two or three years ago before national security law and before all the hotlines going to the, the national security bureau. So it's, uh, I mean, it's a new era, a digital era for us. I also hear from Casey's uh, remarks, there is a new digital tyranny as well. So people who try to build things, they could be targeted, they could be subjects of cyberbullying, and even people who donate to 
diaspora media mm-hmm. could be targeted. But tyranny doesn't stop in the virtual world. I think that's、uh, something really terrifying. Yeah. So my question is like. Whether you think that after the, in 2020 the national security law was passed, whether you think that there is a way back, so Hong Kong there is a hope for Hong Kong to come back to the old democratic ways, or if you think it's too late and there is no way this whole process can be reverted, I was just wondering what you guys think about it. I, I think we already did our best. <laughs> it's like the movie 300. We're facing a giant, yeah. We're facing a giant, and then we we know we cannot defeat this giant right at the beginning. So we send out two hundred ninety nine warriors to die gracefully, and then send one messenger out to the other city states to tell the story, so they can be unified. Hong Kong never have democracy. We have freedom, and if I have the time machine, I'll do it again. And we know. And we don't have guns and the high mass and the tanks. We only have like rocks and all the top cocktails. We 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 fought like barbarians. And then when we broke shops, we take the water, we put money down without causing、uh, a traditional riot. So 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 I think that is 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 very very rare for other civilization to imitate because it reflects the quality of the civilians. At that time and space, to answer your question, I would do it again the same way. Even though I know we cannot win, because it's not about the winning; it's about the process. I think we cannot go back, of course, and we don't want to go back. We cannot go back. Yeah, we cannot go back, and we do not want to go back because, like what Casey's have said, like we never had democracy, true democracy. So, what's the point of going back? So, we have to go forward. We have to get true universal suffrage and true democracy with our own effort. So thank you,、um, our guests today.、Um, it's really a heavy topic, and and thank you all for your great questions. And I think Shirley really summed it up quite well. We are not going back. We are moving forward. And which tells us we have to watch the show after that because this is what happens after, after that. that, right? We're not talking about what happened before. We're talking about now, and we're talking about what will happen in the future. And so, please give a big round of applause for our guest today. And enjoy tonight. Thank you. Leaving a life behind is never easy. Building a life elsewhere could be even harder. Following our conversations with Casey and Shirley, I've developed a profound appreciation for what Taiwan has to offer, notably its commitment to providing a free space for artistic expression and diverse opinions. However, it's crucial for us to acknowledge that there's always room for improvement in making Taiwan an even more open and diversified society. To listen to the complete interviews with the Hong Kongers, please visit YouTube or the Taiwan Plus channel and search for "After That." Now, I'm curious to hear your reflection. What's your takeaway? Hope you enjoyed our conversation. That wraps up today's episode. If you enjoyed our discussion, please take a moment to leave a review or shoot us an email. For more in-depth report about Taiwan, check out Commonwealth English website. Our next episode will be online January twenty third. 
Special thanks to our producer Wei Ru Wang and Yan Huang. I'm your host Kuang Ying Liu. Follow Taiwanology on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time. <laughs>